0: People look for safety. The will to survive is hardwired in every living creature. As humans, we build security systems to protect our investments while living in a state of emotional insecurity, lack of trust, and energy depletion. This leaves aside the growing epidemic of anxiety and depression that has enabled drug companies to accumulate billions of dollars over the past decades. I'm Dr. Susan Taylor, And today we're going to talk about psychological immunity, how to get it and keep it. When I say immunity, most people identify with the body's ability to resist outside invaders, like diseases, viruses, molds, anything that's outside trying to invade us. But there are other levels of our existence. And the one that I want to discuss here is our psychological level. When we're looking at psychological immunity, it's the ability of the mind to resist disease, which is anger, fear, worry, indecisiveness, negativity, jealousy, envy, resentment, and any emotional toxin. It's when we have the ability to stand away and watch life as we experience gain and loss, joy and sorrow, our likes and dislikes, When our psychological immunity is strong, we have the energy resulting in mental endurance, which is associated with unwavering concentration and a pristine memory, even as we age. I said earlier that when looking at immunity, it's our ability of the mind to resist disease But I'm defining disease, that psychological disease or emotional disease, as anger, fear, worry, and decisiveness, the negativity, jealousy, and it goes on and on. All of this emotional toxicity creates mental diseases that are actually highly contagious, and we have to protect ourselves from them. Even with the pandemic, the psychological diseases have proven to be as damaging, if not more, than the physical disease. I don't think anyone would argue. Psychological immunity is far harder to achieve than physical immunity. But fortunate for us, you know, there are systems in place that enable us to overcome the negative influences and move into a positive space. And I've outlined some elements that I'll go over with you today that help with psychological immunity. But before really doing that, what I'd like to do is really discuss the elements of psychological immunity itself. And the first one that I came up with is self-trust. You have the confidence to be yourself despite any external influence that may come in your field a vision, field of being, anywhere. And this leads to self-reliance, where you don't turn to the outside world for direction, but you turn inward. The stronger your sense of your inner self, the more immunity you will have to any situation in which the mind engages. So the first element is really self-trust, relying on yourself. The second element is emotional resilience, and that's the ability to acknowledge emotions with the ability to bounce back from difficult situations like loss of a job, separation from a relationship, maybe even death of someone close. Anything that relates that could actually let us feel a loss, something that we get into that fearful mode, lack of protection, how do we bounce back? And that would be emotional resilience. Then we have equanimity, which is number three. When you're able to step away from the drama going on around you because you're able to step away and connect to your own self. And when I did the 21 day meditations and one of them in there, there was actually a practice where I showed you how to step away and go back and forth to both places to get used to that feeling of stepping away. And I would gotten some feedback at that time, so I just thought I'd bring it up here. That was quite useful because the dweller is really within you. So equanimity is a very good element that contributes to our psychological immunity. And then you need energy. Nothing goes on in the world without energy, energetics, the dynamics of energy. You have the energy reserves to deal with any situation. You need to have that but sometimes we get a little bit low on fuel and then it becomes a real problem. And energy comes from three pillars of health, good food, rest, and healthy relationships. These three pillars support our abundant energy. And when we have abundant energy, we don't fall prey to anxiety, fear, anger, indecisiveness, any of these negative emotions. And the fifth is focus. Your psychological immunity is equal to your power of attention, and I call that focused awareness, and that's the meditation that we train, focused awareness meditation. What that is, is how long can you sustain your attention on a task or a topic in an observant manner? And that that really lets you reveal what it is, what it is that you're really looking at, not reacting with your mind's conditioning, your personal opinions, or even secondhand belief systems that have been passed down to you. So focus really creates happiness and it really builds psychological immunity. And by this measure, the focus we're talking about, there are many people that are actually weakening their psychological immunity on a regular basis because we don't focus. You know, you say, what do I mean? Well, how many people try to fit in, you know, to the norm of who they should be? You know, well I see people on social media doing this and they look happy. And if anyone really pays attention, many on social media are really out crying for their loneliness, their isolation, wanting to be seen, heard. In essence, to be acknowledged and fit in, so they conform to social norms. We have all reached an all-time high in our anxiety-related issues as people devote endless hours to distractions that really require nothing. In other words, there's no thinking or contemplation. It's just a passive participation leading to many of the psychological problems that we face. None of these, however, improve our psychological immunity. And everyone can find psychological immunity through expanded awareness. And this brings me to meditation. Because for psychological immunity, we need a meditative mind, which is the feeling of being completely awake. Yes, feeling awake rather than foggy or confused or disturbed. You know, a meditative mind enjoys that deep peace and quiet. It's the meditative mind that has a quality that is most attractive to everyone. Not only to yourself either, you know, it's for everyone else. I've known with my four-leggeds, the animals in the environment or have come in my environment, they prefer to be with a human being that has a meditative mind. And why? Because there's a deep connection of safety when you have a meditative mind. Animals and nature want to be around you. You're protected. You're safe. There's no threat. Well, it's the same with people. Those with a meditative mind are charming, enjoyable, and captivating, actually. And people want to be around that. Who wouldn't want to be around that? When you find yourself out in, you know, outside in in what is termed the moment, you know, for example, you're experiencing nature as you sit by a river or sit by an ocean, or you've summited a mountaintop and you're sitting there overlooking the sky and, and everything below, you get a glimpse of that meditative mind. We've all had glimpses of meditative minds. When you listen to some beautiful music or just listen to some poetry or beautiful art, at that moment we get the glimpse of the meditative mind. And such moments are actually quite effortless and they're natural. When you cultivate the meditative mind, there's that sense of inner contentment and joy like I just spoke about, and it enables you to remain centered in the eye of the drama around you, and you're less susceptible to emotional toxicity in any form coming from other people or even your own mental dialogue or bad memories or insults from the past. Today, most people experience what is termed in neuroscience as a sympathetic nervous system overload. And that's from the overuse of our technology, our phones. We're getting chaotic stimulus. And also I'd like to add to that a poor diet. Many people say I have a great diet, but actually it's poor. This has currently reached epidemic proportions. On a good note, there's a cure to overcome the hijacked mind and that is to train your awareness. This is the foundation for a solid and sustainable meditative practice. From this, the mind becomes clear and one-pointed and evolves to experience non-judgment, compassion, and grace. Meditation and its practices, as I always put, its practices, because there are practices to cultivate that meditation and to support it. They teach us that when we gain access and recognize our inner self, we're able to rest in our contentment and not rely on outside forces to shape our reality. With meditation and its practices, we learn to take the steps and we're able to walk on our own path. We're on the path of waking up. There's no need to compare yourself with anyone at this point. There's no need to seek anything from the outside to fulfill yourself. In fact, Doing that will only cause total disturbance, and it actually wastes time. So before turning to some lifestyle suggestions to support your meditative mind, keep in mind that psychological immunity is essential for being well and living life to its fullest. Now let me just discuss five lifestyle additions as I call them. The first one is to help you in sustaining your meditative mind. It's one thing to talk about something, but there's one thing to have some skills or some habits developed to know how to use it. Social media news reports, limit those, limit the news and social media because they lead sometimes and many times to panic or panic attacks for anyone who lives with anxiety. With all the misinformation flooding the news channels, it's best not to participate. That doesn't mean don't be aware, it just means don't participate. It's really best to stick with trusted sources. Feeding your mind with the drama that is sensationalized because that's what the news is really all about and advertisement and all of that. It feeds the anticipation of happenings for the future. So it's best to limit and even not engage if you find yourself affected by this. Most, if not everyone, gets pulled in by news and social media. It's addictive, it's very, very addictive, and it's important to be aware of this. So just limit the amount of time you spend reading or watching things which aren't making you feel better. Remember, feeling good matters in the book that I wrote, and it really does matter because if you don't feel well, you're not going to be well. So perhaps decide on a specific time to check in with the news or social media. That's the first. The second is sort of similar. It's avoid watching shows or reading anything that leaves you feeling less uplifted or less than uplifted, I should say. The mind gets hooked on fearful fearful images and content because remember, as I started this episode, we all wanna feel protected and safe. Even if someone says you have to watch or listen to this, it may not be right for you. Stick to those things where you could maintain your equanimity. And stay away from the clickbait. It's out there in every way we look. Just stay away from it. The third is to unfollow or mute accounts that produce fear, anger, violence, or pointing the finger. It minimizes our level of intelligence to even participate in any of that. Mute the WhatsApp groups and hide Facebook posts and feeds if you find them too overwhelming or negative. I've been doing that. I don't wanna be around relationships that are pointing the finger, poking fun, making fun of people. Why? That would only feed that aspect of my own mind. So we really have to be very aware of this right now. And the other one, number four, would be stay connected with people that foster positivity. That sort of goes hand in hand. Positivity is key to emotional immunity or any immunity for that matter. You don't need to catch a virus of negativity. So don't be tempted. Train yourself to weed out your own negativity, but also not allowing the weeds from another to enter your space. And I came up with the weeds because I was out in the garden this week before preparing this episode. And as I was pulling weeds and, you know, trying to decide which are the weeds and which aren't, I just realized that they come up everywhere. They're in the soil, those seeds are in the soil. And that's like the seeds of negativity also. So we have to be able to weed them out, root them up. And I've spoken about that many times. And the fifth is to keep your energy nourished to avoid burnout. Remember the energy of your mind is the essence of life. You have to, you have to nourish your energy and that will avoid burnout and it will actually avoid anxiety for those that suffer from anxiety or depression. Get out in nature and sunlight whenever possible, eat fresh, wholesome food, engage in physical movement and stay hydrated. I follow these principles. In fact, I outline them in my book, Return to Radiance with a systematic program for people to follow. So for those that don't, you know, are just getting a handle on all of this, there's a program that will help you stay on track and build positive energy. In addition, enlist in a meditation class. It's very important to learn from a reliable and trustworthy source. If you want to inquire about meditation, go to SusanTaylor.org and contact me. I will guide you in determining what is the best situation class for you and how you can go about embarking on this journey. How can you get started if you haven't done so already? Or how can you refine what you're already doing? Just be aware, pay attention and do what's right for you. As I always say, do your research, what feels right for you. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you would like to get the podcast automatically, it is available on your favorite podcast apps like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher and others. You can visit SusanTaylor.org and click on the subscribe button. Or you could check out our YouTube channel, Susan Taylor PhD TV, where you could subscribe to the channel and get notifications on new content. And again, if you haven't done so already, check out my new book, Return to Radiance on Amazon. It's a program that you can actually use, especially to level up your energy and happiness. And it's also a perfect gift for your friends and family, even colleagues actually. Contact us at SusanTaylor.org if you have any questions comments or feedback we'll be broadcasting all questions and comments on the youtube channel so subscribe to susan taylor phd tv if you'd like to stay in that loop and if you know anyone as i always say please share this sharing really helps support the community and get the positivity out there into the world and again thank you for listening the susan taylor podcast does come out every week And again, questions, comments, something you might want to hear, contact us at susantaylor.org. And as always, until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.